At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's time to do the show. I mean, shoot it out with Aaron and Danae. Streaming live on Mixler every Tuesday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. It's time for the show to begin, so let's listen in. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, here's Aaron and Danae. Uh, that's fun, right? That is so fun. A little bit of, uh, what is that called? Auto-tune? A little yes. bit of an auto-tune intro. I want to play with an auto-tuner now. If you want to intro the show, mm-hmm. you can. Yeah. All you have to do is know how to read and record. You don't even have to know how to read. Oh. You could have somebody like say it to you or That's something. True. You need to you need to know somebody who can read. Probably. Right. right. Yeah. The script is located at our website, AaronNDenay.com. It's on the banner. You can't miss it. Yeah, and we love playing your intros. So well hello Danae. Hi Aaron. <laughs> it's been a minute. we we're supposed to be back last week. Yes. But there was this thing that happened. What happened, Danae? Called Irma. Uh huh. And it was a hurricane, and I was stuck in it in Florida. Just, what a crazy! Just spinning experience. around, just like stuck, like the Wicked Witch in the tornado, circling just, the toilet, just circling around. It kind of did feel a little bit like Dorothy. Yeah. In Oz, you know, where you get like sucked away, and then everything is different when you come back. It felt like I had been well. I was gone for eleven days. Yeah. It was supposed to be seven. And we were both down there in Florida for a conference, mm-hmm. and I flew out on Friday before the hurricane got there. Your flights were on Monday. And they got canceled. And they all got canceled. So then the next flight was on Friday, so we got stuck there basically an extra work week. Yeah. Which was very inconvenient for my entire family, because you know what I did? I convinced my entire family to go to Florida with me <laughs> for this radio conference. I'm like, hey, guys, we can get out of town for a week. You know, there's... The sun of Florida. There's a lazy river at the resort where mm-hmm. we're going to stay. Yeah. Dad, you and Justin can just float around in the water all day long and then Irma comes through. Mm-hmm. And it was a very stressful experience, but I'm so thankful that my family was with me. You know, yeah. it, it made going through that whole thing so much better all things considered but it it was pretty hectic there for a little while now you were in orlando by the time i got to orlando it wasn't like full-on category five or anything should definitely mention that we were in kind of we were in the more center part but it was very close in fact i woke up um when it was going on and i felt the pressure of the air around yeah that's it was really intense like my entire body my ears were popping and I felt like I was being compressed a little bit and mm-hmm. also expanded at the same time. The atmosphere, you could feel the atmosphere difference. So my brother lives in Orlando. He was live streaming it. I was watching his live stream as it came over Orlando. Mm-hmm. It was really intense. And you did, I mean, just think if it had been a category five, like think of no, how, I don't want how to. crazy that is. It was nuts. My, where we were staying, the resort was built to withstand the hurricane mm-hmm. winds. And we have this little alcove um, porch kind of thing. And so we actually went out on the porch right in the most intense <laughs> part of it. 
because we're tourists and we've never seen a hurricane before and yeah. we felt very safe um because like you said it had slowed down quite a bit at that point so i think it was like a category two when it came mm-hmm. over where we yeah. were but still crazy intense though super crazy intense we were also told that the place we were staying had a generator we were lied to oh no along with other people who had literally fled their homes to come to this resort because they said they had a generator. Wow. And then the power went out and they're the like, oh, power goes we out. have a generator. And then we were told we had to evacuate the hotel. Like we were going to have, we were going to get kicked out. So we were, th- uh, we were th- without power for like 18 hours. And then we sent out a, t- um, like a message to our friends, just a text mm-hmm. saying, hey, you know, this is what we're being told. Please pray for us. We don't know where we're going to go. We have our infant daughter with us. We can't. We chose not to drive home, which is an option. We could have just right. driven the 20 hours home, but it would have taken us more than 20 hours to do it because she has to stop every few hours to eat. Well, yeah, little baby. So it would have been a nightmare on the traffic, escaping Irma, you know, and all this stuff. So we chose to stay through it. And then all of a sudden we were thinking, oh my goodness, we're going to have to evacuate this hotel. And about... Two and a half, three minutes after I sent that text message out, suddenly that all of a sudden the power comes back on and there are people all around us who did not have power, but it turns out the resort is on the same grid as a fire station. So that was a huge, yeah, it was a blessing because we were for about 18 hours, they were like starting to get more and more panicked as the time kind of went on. We're thinking about how many times we have to open the refrigerator and keep things cool. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about all those types of things. And so there was definitely some stress, but I I got through it. I can officially say I've been through a hurricane. That's now. amazing. I'm I'm in a bit of a hurricane right now. Because one of my tweets got featured on Twitter moments. And so my phone's blowing up with retweets and likes. It's and very similar. It is very similar experience. And I want you to know I'm surviving it just okay as well. Mine may have been a little more life threatening. <laughs> but You ready, Shua Do? I'm ready, Shua Do. All right, we are going to uh we're gonna play a new game today. <gasps> called Who Am I? Danae. <laughs> no. I'm Aaron. Oh. <laughs> that seemed like a really simple one. You may not be good at this game. <laughs> we'll see. Uh yeah, a little game called Who Am I? But first <laughs> From the Corners of the Globe. We look for news so that we can talk about it and maybe even talk about it more. And so then we will peruse the news. Take that, Mr. Irma. I think it's a missus. Does it have to always be mister? Yes, it does. Gender specific. Gotcha. Evil is a man. Flippy the hamburger cooking robot gets its first restaurant gig. (laughs) Flippy? The hamburger flipping robot? The hamburger cooking robot? The hamburger cooking robot. Oh, yeah. Where's he working? Well, he is working in Cali Burger. Is that in California? I have no idea, but I'm guessing that it's in California okay. because it's Cali Burger. Um, what's the part of California that does a lot of the startups, like a lot of the tech stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, you're thinking of Silicon Valley. Yeah. I think yeah. this is right around kind of in the area because the article sort of references like close to home kind of yeah. a thing for it actually i think silicon valley is up even further north than like washington or oregon or something really yeah i could be wrong these are the but things there we is, just don't know on the show yeah there is Sorry there is that. there is a tech center in northern california i just forget where it is so this is um both exciting because it's technology being used for fun things and also sad because people are going to be losing their jabs so 
the Cali Burger has. I mean, is it working? This isn't a joke. Like, this is a legit thing. It's a legit thing. It's this big robotic arm, just like you would imagine being like maybe in a car factory, you know, where they've got all those arms kind of everywhere piecing things together. Mm -hmm. But instead of a claw hand, it has a spatula hand and it just flips burgers. And so it has, it's bolted to the floor and then it's programmed to understand the specifics of its environment. So, the kitchen is set up for, mm-hmm. you know, the interaction with this flippy burger thing and it's flipping burgers. And so this is like the protocol kind of like test time. And if this goes well, it'll open up to other restaurants and the arm will cost around $60,000 to start and it might get more expensive over time. Yeah. But you think $60,000 is, you know, I don't know, Repl- pays for itself in a couple of years with employees. Yeah. So there were some things they talked about in the article too, which I found this one on techcrunch.com. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yummy. arm specifically created, they had to be really careful with how they made it because there's grease and particles involved. And so they had to make sure it wasn't going to gum up the arm. Right. There's all these no, things to think totally, about. Yeah. But I, I both, I'm like, so like I said, I'm kind of excited about this. And I'm also sort of sad because. Like people are gonna no, it's good. Listen, it's I know, but it's good. It really, I I understand that losing jobs is tough, right? Like it's always tough when the thing you do is replaced. But here's the thing: allowing technology to take over some jobs allows people to find different jobs to be productive with. In other words, it allows us to further our society because computers or technology or whatever is doing some of the things so we can go do other things. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. know, I, listen, I know it's a bummer and it's a pain, and but, you know, there's always something you can do to be productive and, and those kind of things, so. If you are in the Pasadena area, mm-hmm. that's where this robot is. Oh, and cool. you can go watch it. Go get a robot burger. If you want. Yummy, yummy. Uh, my first peruse the news uh, has to do with a popular topic. Uh, baby names. Baby names. Not the baby most names. popular baby names of 2017. No, the least popular baby names of 2017. I'm ready. Do you want to make some guesses? Zeus. Zeus is not listed uh, on the least popular uh, boy names or girl names. Bartholomew. Bartholomew. That's close. Really? That's close to when Bertram is the number one least popular boy baby name. <laughs> what is think i've ever heard the name bertram bertram like bertram russell the famous bertram right okay famous <laughs> too I, the name popped into my mind it must be somewhat famous Bert, you said bertram russell i think so let's try this i i i think bertram russell is a famous bertrand b-e-r-t-r-a-n-d bertrand russell is a british philosopher i was gonna say isn't he a philosopher you were not going to no, say No, I really that. was. I was a philosophy Whatever. major in college, so I should know these things. Of course, you should also, like, when looking at his description, it says logician, mathematician, historian, writer, social critic, political activist, and Nobel laureate. So nice. you could have said any of those things you've been right. Yeah, but he's he's most known for his philosophy. But we digress. You want to hear some of the others? You want to do the boys first? Yeah. Here are the least popular boys' names. Bertram, Clarence, Clive. Edmund, Gus, Frank, Ian, Roald, Ricky, and Roger. Huh. Roger surprises me. I mean, I know it's kind of, you know. It's like an older name Yeah, now. but it seems like there's It'll a lot of Rogers. It'll come back in 40 years. 
I don't know. I guess you're right. Nobody's naming their baby Roger right now. Is Iris on the girls list? Because no, that's my Iris is name. one of the most popular names. I'm sure it I'm is. I'm super surprised that people have are naming their like. I've met it's a beautiful poor name. Iris. Yeah, I didn't it's know a that. Beautiful name. I didn't know that. I did see the most popular name before we get to the least popular. You know what the most popular girl's name in California was for last mm-hmm. year? Sunny. Mia. Cause La La Land. Oh, I didn't see it. That's right. You haven't seen La La Land. Sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. I can't believe you haven't seen La La Land. Today, see La La Land. Oh, well, telling you, once Sif Pop ended for me, it was like uh, back to my normal life. my favorite movie of last year, and I've told you many times how much I think you'll like it. Are you taking it personally that I haven't seen I'm it? I'm starting to, Uh-oh. a little bit. I mean, it is, it is nine months later. <laughs> I mean, what have you been doing for the last uh, nine months, today? It's not like you have been busy or anything. All yeah, right, here are the true. least popular girls' names. Anita, Bertha, Bonnie. Oh, that's my mom's name. Sila, Cindy, Cynthia, Donna, Dorothy, Edna, and Gail. Hmm. There you go. Ed- I, Edna makes sense. I um was in home ec uh-huh. in high school. Yeah. And we had to create a pillow. Of course. Yeah, that's a classic home ec project. I named mine Bertha. <laughs> So I have fond memories of that name. That was a super comfortable pillow, but something happened. I realized that I was missing a pin. Well, and I think it made it inside the pillow, so I could never actually <laughs> use it because I was nice. always afraid of being stabbed in the face. Well, you shouldn't be surprised <laughs> then, even though it's in the least popular girl names in this list of most popular pillow names. Uh, Bertha is number one. Oh, so, well, you, uh, you did very well. Doesn't surprise me at all. What do you got next? We're talking about you know people losing jobs due to the arm. This one is interesting to me. This comes from The Verge. You can now earn a degree in self-driving cars. Nice. Courtesy of Lyft and is it Udacity? I may, or, might be. I don't Udacity. know. All you need is four months and 800 bucks to enroll. So starting today. What, is your, what does the degree do though? What are you Yeah, it's posted what today. What are you learning? So it's an introduction. It's called like a micro course. I know a nano degree. Um, and I think it's just like an introduction into... The world of self-driving cars, and if I'm understanding this correctly, salaries for engineers kind of going into this area mm-hmm. will make two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars a year. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Your education costs eight hundred bucks? It's an it's a nano degree class. I think it's just an introduction type thing. Well, yeah, but if you're making four hundred grand, I'm sure there's more you have to know you before think? you make that kind of a degree. But there's this whole rush to develop self-driving cars, and yeah. so it's fueling a lot of interest in things like that. <laughs> uh, I see what the article did. I didn't do that. The article did that. It's really funny. funny. So Udacity, uh, I guess launched in 2011, offers micro-credential certification courses designed to make applicants job ready and believes it is uniquely positioned to fill that need. So in this case, they're kind of creating maybe like a little course to kind of get people potentially interested in getting involved in engineering. I think uh, it is my primary soapbox right now is self-driving cars. And anytime I see somebody being like, I'm never letting a car drive me. I don't trust. Like, I find it my duty to change opinion on that. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Number one, safety. Saving thousands of lives a year, period, by self-driving cars as opposed to, you know, human-driven cars. Like, actual saving lives. Number two, accessibility. So many people who cannot drive a car now that could actually have a car drive them somewhere and not have to have another human driver drive them somewhere. So I, I'm just, 
even for those two reasons alone, we need to adjust our thinking and our fear of technology uh, because once once this technology starts to take over, uh, I would not be surprised if um, human drivers become more and more looked down upon and then eventually illegal. Whoa. I, I really think that's where it has to go. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, the only prerequisite for students interested in the intro class are some programming experience like C++ or Python and an understanding of algebra. Graduates will be eligible to automatically enroll in Udacity's year-old self-driving car or robotics nanodegree program. I think it's. So, re- I, I think I saw this this course online. It's basically you watch Minority Report over and over, <laughs> over again. <and> over. <laughs> That's all you do. Okay, Aaron. What's your next one? Pumpkin spice now available in a spray can. For what? For like <laughs> just a, air? Yeah, just to spray pumpkin spice. I wherever you want to spray it. I wouldn't want to walk into a pumpkin spice room. No, would you? Uh, no, I don't like pumpkin spice though. I forgot that. I know I'm not alone. I, there are a lot of people who always get annoyed by fall season because of pumpkin spice and the fact that every, there's pumpkin spice. This it's also become associated with. Tell me if I'm wrong in this. It's also be, become associated with like white girl sorority culture in some way, like pumpkin spice Ugg and, and boots and hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Like there's this kind of thing going on there which i i don't under- necessarily understand that connection but you know it's i don't know it's interesting how pumpkin spice has become like a cultural touchstone it's a spice it's a delicious spice <laughs> oh you like how it tastes that comes around only so often and also aaron i feel like if we got this we could test the theory spray a room and see if the sorority girls show up <laughs> Like flies to the honeypot. Maybe that's the marketing. They're marketing it to. Uh, they're marketing it to college guys. They're like. It's like the axe. Yeah, it's like it's, axe body spray. It's fall axe flavored. That's right. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, my last one is from PopSugar.com. Says teacher used bread to show what happens when you don't wash your hands, and the result is foul. That's what it says. This I found really interesting. So this teacher did an experiment with her class. She took one piece of bread and used um, rubber gloves to put it into a sandwich bag and wrote controlled, like a controlled mm-hmm. sure. yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And then she washed her hands and she put, grabbed it with her hand and put the next one into a zip bag. Mm-hmm. And then on the next one, she passed it around the room and all the kids touched it. And then she put it in, in a plastic bag. And basically it's exactly what you would think the one that had been touched a lot has all this mold and stuff growing yeah. on it as these you know pieces of bread are kind of up on the wall. And it's kind of a visual representation to the kids to remind them how important it is to wash their hands. But I still find it fascinating because it's just this whole like, here, I'll show you the picture, Aaron. Mm-hmm. It's just super gross. Yeah. Hands are gross. Okay, so here's my thing. I will always defend germs. I know, um, I know. Here's my thing. There's nothing wrong with moldy bread. Like, and I don't mean for eating. I just mean that is nature doing what nature is supposed to do. Like, that doesn't... And just because germs mold bread doesn't mean they eat your hand away. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, And it doesn't mean if those same germs accidentally make their way to your mouth that they're going to even make you sick. It's not the same thing. It's not a one-to-one ratio. That's true. So I, I just think we are such a clean culture already. That's great. That's fine. We need to be clean. We need to have, you know... Well... Proper... The spreading of germs and diseases dramatically dropped when the whole wash your hands thing and yes I, and i can't and remember the important. name of the scientist or the or whoever 
the doctor, whoever, who kind of said we need to start washing our hands Mm -hmm. to prevent the spread of disease. He was like laughed at and maybe even put in the loony bin for a little bit for saying that. But it's a he's totally right. That is the number one way that germs are spread. I think number two is sneezing in your friend's face, but I'm not (laughs) sure about that. (laughs) I yeah, I, I will always we are clean enough. There's, you know, there's, we've learned this lesson. We're fine. You take a shower every day. You're good. Like but there's, if you're working with a whole bunch of kids in a school. I think well, yeah, different. no, no, no. You're right. You're right. No, no, no. There are, there are profession situations, obviously, where you're going to want to clean up more than others. But, yeah. Cause um, I always hear about how kids get so sick when they go back to school. Something that I have to look forward to. <laughs> yes. Schools and airports are the worst. Ugh. What's your last one? Uh, Mary Webster. Webster. Mary Webster. <laughs> Mary Webster. Who's Mary Webster? Merriam Webster adds more than 250 words to the dictionary. Words like sriracha have finally made it in as official words. I didn't even know sriracha wasn't a word officially. That's kind of one of the parts I find interesting about this. Are the words you're like, how was that not in the dictionary already? So um, was it? Is it because sriracha is the name of a product, and that wasn't really the name of something beforehand? Or? I don't know. But it's just, it's interesting. Um, in a sad note, several of the words include things like alt-right, white nationalism is oh, making its way into great. the dictionary for the first time. Um, those kind of things because of, you know, things that are in the news. But I just find it interesting, things like dad bod is now in the dictionary. See, that seems um, more like it wouldn't be something for the dictionary as much as it would be for like an urban or like a slang dictionary. But that's but what's the difference? A dictionary is supposed to catalog the way we communicate with each other. And once a word is used to mean something, to be a symbol for something... But I don't even know what dad bod means. What is well, dad bod? That's why it's in the dictionary, today. So if somebody <laughs> says it... I'm looking it up right now. You can look it up. I'm assuming it's all one word, dad bod. Uh, I think it's two words, dad bod. Then, then look up the word dad and bod and make your own assumptions. <laughs> There's a company that made a fanny pack mm-hmm. that looks like a stomach. <laughs> like the dad bod like stomach. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it even has little hairs on it and everything. And so you unzip Wait, it. What? And you- <laughs> I'm sorry. I just went from, haha, that's kind of funny too. Is it? It said hairy. I assumed it has hair. Maybe it just looks like it has hair. Okay. All of a sudden, it's the creepiest thing I've ever heard of. Okay. I gotta that go is, look it up. <laughs> you're telling me. There is a stomach <laughs> fanny pack that has hair on it. That's what I saw. Let me go look and see. Because now you're... Yeah, it looks like hairy fanny pack. Yeah. It looks like a hairy that belly. That is the most creepy and disgusting thing I've ever seen. You unzip the top and you can pull it has your a belly items button. out. And it has Danae a belly it has button. has a belly yes. button. Yeah. <laughs> it looks real. Danae, it has a belly button. <laughs> Not okay. Are you afraid of belly buttons? I'm not afraid of them. Uh huh. Just don't necessarily like seeing them on fanny packs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Highly recommend you look that up. Uh, just search for dad back. Not dad bod. Or dad bod fanny dad pack. Dad Uh, the one word that I think uh, has needed to be in the dictionary that has finally been added is hangry. Is hangry? Hangry. Such a perfect word. It when is. You, when you get angry from being hungry. The first time I read that word. I was like, that so is me. And I realized I had to work on myself. I had to do some deep <laughs> self-reflection. So I've actually worked some for people years. Go, I'm not saying this is you, but some people, they're just angry people. And then occasionally they're hungry as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't get the excuse every time. 
Before we head on to our game, uh, I want to take a break to thank our Patreon supporters for their amazing support of this podcast network that Shoe the Dough is on. Uh, thanks to you, this podcast and other podcasts uh, go live each week and uh, some really cool stuff going on at the network. We just announced another podcast has joined the network. The Horrible Movie Podcast is now a part of Studio DNA. And we're really, really excited to have them. So if you want to check them out, uh, you can certainly do that. And if you want to support, uh, their podcast will start showing up in your patron podcast feed as well. We also wanted to take some time to just do a little recap because we haven't been back on Shoe the Dose since last month ended. We had our DNA, Studio DNA Gives Back Month, and uh, we wanted to kind of give you some final totals on that. Absolutely you know, incredible. It, it was such an incredible experience for us because we really were trying to get to $3,000. We got really close. Well, I mean, is $2,100 close? Yeah, I think that's, that's close. It, 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 that feels really close. Listen, I, I will tell you this. Uh, I felt like we were supposed to try to raise $3,000, but I thought $1,000 was a little bit unrealistic. I'm gonna, just being honest with you. I, I would have, you know been surprised to have seen a thousand so to know that the two thousand one hundred dollars came in from you is absolutely incredible and we cannot thank you enough uh for that support uh just some names to throw out there thanks to alex and sean and nicholas and caleb and skyler uh david tom sean and different sean brandon daniel timo scott alexander dan uh christopher hampker and so the dane all uh, got involved just last month and so, bonnie and bonnie as well and uh today and i also uh, pitched in pitched in from you know our own stuff so thank you so much for that support total of twenty one hundred dollars raised uh, to help fight human trafficking on the ground in Cambodia. Uh, we're going to, uh, we've been in contact with Bryn, who uh, works there doing that, and uh, we'll let you know once we get him that money from you and how you can kind of stay in touch with how that money is being used, uh, those kind of things. So thank you so much for that. If you want to support, it's three bucks a month is where it starts. There's a lot of fun perks that go along with it. You can go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. Hey, and just a real quick reminder, if you just wanted to give one time for the fundraiser, yes. yeah, yeah. please be sure to go into your Patreon account and adjust your giving. You can either just adjust it down to $3 a month or 10 or whatever you would like. Yeah, whatever you want to give for the podcast network. That's where we want you to be at now. Thank you for your support of Bren. Mm -hmm. And then we want you to be giving to the podcast network where you want to give. So that's a great reminder. Just we don't want reminder. you to be surprised yeah. uh, when it comes to the end of the month. So Yeah, one of you guys given $3 million accidentally <laughs> Wait a or second. whatever. How did we only raise $2,100 <laughs> if somebody gave $3 million? Have you I seen my new car? <laughs> I missed that gift. I really did. We do really appreciate you guys and all you do. If you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We can answer those too. How about a new game, Danae? I'm excited about a new game. All right. Now, we've never How done... How does this work? I don't know. We've never <laughs> done this before. We're just going to give it a run here. Okay. okay. Uh, it's called Who Am I? And I'm going to give you some categories. You pick the category, Danae. And then we will together try to figure out who this thing, person, animal is. Okay. You ready for this? I hope. All right. So here are your categories. Quotes by political figures. No. Migratory animals. Yes. Authors of spy novels. No. Fashion designers. Nope. Or lakes. I think if I want to be successful, I've got to go with the animals. Migratory animals? Yeah. All I right. think that sounds the best. All right. Here we go. Migratory animals. Who am I, Danae? Aaron Dicer. Oh, you're good at this game. Uh, the migratory bear. Uh, the goal of this game is to match each image with the corresponding statement. Uh-oh. 
We'll, we'll describe the images for you. Oh, that's always fun. Who am I? We are going to match these migratory animals with their statements. Do you want the statements first, and then we'll describe the pictures? Sure. Who am I? I can lose half my weight during my long migration. Who am I? I am the greatest migrant on earth. Ooh. That's a bragging animal. That's probably a whale. Who am I? I migrate about 2,500 miles. Who am I? I cross thousands of kilometers to return to lay on the beach on which I was born. That's a turtle. I know that one. Who am I? During my migration, I fly over the Himalayas. I bet that's the humpback whale. That's exactly (laughs) who that is. You are so right. All right. This seems really easy to me. Maybe this is going to be too easy. Uh, Yeah, there's only one turtle, so we're going to put that on the beach, right? Uh, So we've got a butterfly, a whale, a turtle, a tern, which is a bird, an arctic tern, or a bar-headed goose. I feel like the arctic one flies over the Himalayas. Okay. Right? Like You don't think a goose would fly over the Himalayas? Because turtles, whales, what butter? Butterflies fly. They do. It's in their name today. <laughs> um, what were some of the other ones the butterfly could be? All right. Well, let's get let's get the turtle where he goes. The turtle's going on the beach because none of these other things cross thousands of. Well, I guess I guess a bird could go to the beach. Yeah. On which it was born. No, yeah. it's turtle. All right. All right. Um, okay. Here are the other. Here that I'll read them for you again. Lose half my weight. That's going to be a whale, I think. You think that's the whale? Yeah, let's do that one. All right, we're going to match that one with the whale, the humpback whale. The greatest migrant on earth. It's the butterfly. Yeah. It's the monarch butterfly. Let's say that one. Yeah. I don't know what they mean by greatest migrant. I'm guessing the most population. Or the one that has the most bragging rights. The one that talks. What does that even mean? Talks Uh, himself up. Migrate about 2,500 miles. And during my migration, I fly over the Himalayas. So we're going with the Arctic turn over the Himalayas. I feel like that could be. I think the you're right, one. and we'll go with the bar-headed goose who migrates about two thousand five hundred miles. Yeah. All right, ready for our score? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> how do we do terribly? I want you to guess out of five how many we got right. One. I want you to guess. <laughs> well, you're guessing by my response. Uh, we got two out of five right. <laughs> we got a forty percent, Danae. A forty percent. They seem so obvious. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, lose half my weight during long migration. That is the whale, the humpback okay, whale. Uh, it fasts during its migration of about 5,000 miles. Yikes. Uh, can lose 10 to 15 tons. 10 to 15 tons, right? Tons, 2,000 pounds? Yes. 20,000 pounds to 30,000 pounds. That's crazy. I feel like I have a real gross misunderstanding of my size compared to a whale. <laughs> you think? <laughs> like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. But then I really should stop and think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 20 of you is a ton. Oh, man. Uh, the greatest migrant on Earth? Not the butterfly. Okay. The Arctic tern is the greatest. Uh, and what was its claim to being the greatest? The Arctic tern makes a return trip from its breeding grounds near the Arctic to the oceans near Antarctica. In distance, it thus crosses the equivalents of the entire globe. Whoa. It migrates from one pole to the other. That's craziness. But why? <laughs> and how? How would you why? even have time to be at either place if you're just <laughs> circling the globe as a bird? That's crazy. Does it look pretty cool? I mean... It's a bird. 
It looks like a bird, Danae. I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, I migrate about 2,500 miles. That's the monarch butterfly. Uh, in the fall, the monarch leaves North America and goes to Mexico, about 2,500 miles. Uh, I cross thousands of kilometers to return to lay on the beach, which I was born, is the turtle. So we Thank get, you. Get that one right. The leatherback sea turtle, uh, which we knew. Uh, and then during my migration, I fly over the Himalayas. That was the bar-headed goose. The bar-headed goose migrates from the plains of Mongolia to the valleys of India, where it spends its winter. Well, there you go, Danae. We did it, Arrow. We played a new game. <laughs> that was and really we, quick. We were terrible at it. <laughs> we were really bad at that. <laughs> Thanks so much for shooing the know with us today. The podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to Xavier for the brand new intro today and Chris Tilly for composing the Shoe the Dough theme. And of course, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at $3 a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at Patreon.com slash Studio DNA. And also, please subscribe, rate, and comment at your podcast player of preference, uh, especially if it's an Apple podcast. Uh, they use that information to promote the show. It'd be great, a huge boost for us if you'd leave a comment or a rating there. If there's anything else you want to say, any ideas you have for the show, feel free to hit us up with an email at feedback at shoethedough.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.